Good. <coughs> okay. I'm not sure what that was, but good evening. Um, welcome back to Renegade Times, and I am your host, Sarah Jane, and uh, so yeah, let's just get right into this. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to uh, look at the links in the description. Yes? Yes. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, links will be down in the description below, but give me a day <laughs> to get it in there, because... I literally have to copy and paste, copy and paste, every single time. Okay, first off, um, we're not gonna get into the politics yet, but, um, there is something that I want to talk about real quick, um, that is Will Smith slapping the crap out of Chris Rock. Listen. In my opinion, this whole thing could have, you know, ended a bit differently. I understand that he was trying to like defend his wife's honor because the G.I. Jane joke was kind of, it was a bad joke. It was a bad joke. I didn't realize that like Jada Pickett Smith had alopecia at the time either. I had to look it up because I was like, wait, Will Smith just doesn't like go up and smack somebody for no reason. And uh, so he's, he was one of my favorite actors, but knowing the stuff that I know now, uh, no. <laughs> He's still a good actor, I'll give him that, but, like, his lifestyle and his wife's lifestyle is not something that I condone. But, um, the whole reason why, I guess, he smacked Chris Rock was because of the, you know, ill-received joke. And the thing is, is that he was laughing at the joke until... Jada looked at him, and everybody is saying, like, Will Smith is weak, he lets his wife run him, and all of this stuff. I believe it's true. Okay, that's what we call a Jezebel. That's a Jezebel spirit all over Jada's Pickett Smith. Um, if you don't know what the Jezebel spirit is, I'm not gonna explain it to you, because you wouldn't believe me if I spoke about it. Um, please look it up for yourself. I believe that there's a spirit behind every type of behavior in women and men. So, um, yes, I believe that she has the spirit of Jezebel upon her. And that's just my, you know, belief. But basically that spirit behind her is what's controlling, you know, Will Smith. That's just me. You don't have to believe it, but that's my belief. Anyway, um, and women like that, they like to run the house. You see that in a lot of women, especially in, like, TV shows. They'll always try to be the dominant, uh, spouse. And the man just somehow just shrinks back and is like, Oh, I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry, honey. And that comes from, um, that's a generational curse when a woman does that. Uh, that tells me that, you know, a woman who has that spirit has some sort of trauma that is unresolved. And two, it runs in her family. She doesn't necessarily have to have any trauma behind it, but it runs in her family. It's a generational spirit. It happens. 
these types of women, they dictate every decision that the husband makes and their lifestyle. Will Smith, bottom line, is a broken man, okay? He made it worse for himself when he decided to act out like this. Um, maybe it was the last straw for him. Maybe there was a lot of jokes happening saying that Will Smith is weak and that he lets his wife control him. It, it's true. It's definitely true. We see that a lot um, in a lot of women, not just in celebrities, but in just true life. If you ever met a woman like this, you know what I mean. Um, she's basically the woman that wears the pants in the, in the you know, marriage. And it's supposed to be the other way around. I'm an old-fashioned woman. That's what I believe. Anyway, um, but... Yes, um, Will Smith is a broken man. Uh, not only has he had his wife cheat on him and then talk about it on her show, which publicly humiliated him, then he has to literally defend the person that betrayed him because she says so. She didn't even have to tell him. She didn't even have to tell him. She just gave him a look. And the minute she gave him that look is when he got up and was like, alright, let me go teach this guy a lesson. And and he and Will Smith was able to get up and respond to that because she has a Jezebel spirit. Because a Jezebel spirit always looks for a spirit of Ahab. Which, to the spirit of Jezebel, that spirit of Ahab allows that spirit of Jezebel to control men more easily because the spirit of Ahab it's a spirit that's very passive and it has, and has no it has no power within its being to say two words N-O no <laughs> two letters <laughs> one letter <laughs> yeah so even after he slapped Chris Rock the day after, you know, he apologized to the Academy and to Chris Rock and everything like that, me and my husband, we would just be scrolling through, you know, Facebook and TikTok, and that's all anybody is talking about now. Will Smith has made himself the village idiot, basically, just to be laughed at. And, um, so he made it worse for himself. If he didn't like people talking about him behind his back about his marriage, you know, back then, he's definitely not going to like it now, and that's his fault. Okay, let's do politics on OAN News. Let's see what the don't. Terrence, don't. <laughs> I am recording. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Babe! Uh, I'm leaving it in. I don't give a sh- I don't give a crap. This is what marriage is like, ladies and gentlemen. You scratch each other's itches. <laughs> Get each other ice cream when we want it. Yeah. Honestly, where's my ice cream? Uh, yeah, okay. I'll get tomorrow. Ooh. Ooh. 
like Mr. Cheese. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's get into the dreaded part of this podcast. Let's just scroll and see where our finger lands. Okay. <laughs> Go to bed! <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Peter Schweizer on Hunter Biden laptop developments. Ooh, okay. With the mainstream media finally paying attention to Hunter Biden's laptop story. <laughs> Are you finished? <laughs> they are now catching up to what Peter Schweizer has been saying over a year. One America News's Stefan Kleenitz. Well, can you stop? I'm sorry. Sat down with the Government Accountability Institute president and author of Red Handed to discuss the latest developments. Are you going to be like this the whole podcast? With the mainstream media finally paying attention to the Hunter Biden laptop story, they're now catching up to what Peter Schweitzer has been saying for a year when America's Stefan Kleinhans sat down with the author of Red Handed to discuss the latest developments. Well, Peter Schweitzer, the author of Red Handed, it's a pleasure to be with you again now that we talk about more issues related to the Biden family. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. It was great to be with you. Thanks for having me. So now the mainstream media has finally arrived to the point that I think you were at maybe two years ago. Right. Um, that the laptop is not Russia disinformation. Right. It is, in fact, Hunter Biden's laptop. What changed? Uh, I think what changed is that Hunter Biden's probably going to be indicted. Um, the New York Times admitted this. Uh, the part about the laptop being real in paragraph 20 of a long article that was discussing the grand jury investigation of Hunter Biden. And if you read that story, there is the admission about the laptop, but it, it's also essentially framing uh, of the narrative as it relates to this grand jury investigation. And it seems pretty clear that they are expecting Hunter Biden to be indicted, probably on the tax charges, on other charges potentially as well. Uh, and the article got a lot of help from uh, Team Biden uh, in the way they're trying to frame it. So I think that's really what's going on. Uh, but we do really have to look at this moment and recognize that our media establishments failed us, absolutely failed the American people. Their responsibility is not only to convey what's going on, but to convey to people what's important. And information about a potential first family of the United States during a presidential election. And the information concerns uh, corrupt deals with foreign entities, including our rival China, certainly mits, fits that bill. And they chose instead to cover it up rather than actually investigate it and let their readers or their audience know about it. Oh, so there's concerns with the media that we've had for quite some time. I think a lot of people have identified that. But you also have more than 50 members of the intelligence community. Yeah. I think that that's the more concerning point here, who came out with a letter saying this was Russia disinformation, this wasn't real. Biden used that in his debates with President Trump as kind of a, a basis to, to lean on. And now what? Like, yeah. what, how do we trust the intelligence community if they're coming out with statements like this? Yeah, I mean, I would say all 50 of the people that signed that letter uh, should really have zero credibility when it comes to anything they have to say on U.S. foreign policy, U.S. intelligence, because they use the imprimatur of the fact that they were senior intelligence officials and totally used it for political ends. 
uh, you know, people want to believe and, and expect that a former assistant director of the CIA is presenting just the facts, just the intelligence, is giving a professional opinion. By coming out and saying this was Russian disinformation, when there was not a shred of evidence that it was, and we now know, in fact, it wasn't, uh, to me, totally destroys their credibility. And they may pop up on cable news in the future, but I don't think we should take seriously any of these people uh, in terms of what they have to say because they have damaged their credibility beyond repair. So what does this say about the process of our elections where leading up to the election, this information comes out with the laptops, completely dismissed, the media, the intelligence community, they throw it out, and now a year later we're admitting that it's true. I mean, any logical person will look at this and say, well, they didn't want that to come out before the election. That we have all these concerns circling election integrity issues with involvement in the election, overturning it. I mean, this seems like a very clear-cut way of the media and the intelligence community trying to push an election in a certain direction, does it not? Absolutely, it does. And it also shows that really when it comes to a lot of the mainstream media outlets, you don't really have competition. Uh, uh, that's a strange thing to say. They're competing in a way with, you know, wanting to get subscribers and want to get audience, but they seem to kind of walk in lockstep. I mean, if you look at the entire mainstream media, the only news outlet, mainstream media outlet that ran anything of substance relating to Hunter Biden before the election was ABC News. To their credit, they did a story on Hunter Biden and the allegations against him. Nobody else in the news media did. Uh, the fact that they're able to operate in such lockstep, the fact fact that Twitter decided, of course, to, to ban uh, any mention of the Hunter Biden laptop speaks to the fact that we have these different media entities, but they really do seem to, culturally at least, walk in lockstep, and that is very, very dangerous. We need to have a vibrant media where they're trying to one-up each other, they're trying to compete, not where they've made a decision effectively jointly, um, because they have the same cultural view, uh, to suppress a story that's this important. So we can assume that the reason they're coming out with this now is obviously a year after the election. That's part of it. But you're also saying you indicated that there could be an indictment to come. What would that process look like? Because I know a lot of people are looking at this as, well, the top I'm of the done. top, the elites, they're never going to be held accountable. Nothing's going to happen. Could Hunter Biden truly be held accountable? Uh, it's possible. Um, so what you have is a grand jury, which I think is a wonderful example of the kind of representative government we have in the judicial system. Uh, these are ordinary Americans in Delaware, in Wilmington, Delaware, who have been sequestered or they've been isolated. They're not supposed to be looking at the media, talking to anybody, who've been given a lot of evidence that indicates uh, Hunter Biden's financial activities overseas raise serious questions. And what the grand jury's looking into is tax evasion, the fact that Hunter Biden uh, apparently did not pay taxes on a lot of the money he received from overseas. They're looking at allegations of money laundering, that they were moving money around to obscure where that money was coming from. Uh, there's also concerns that there may be political corruption here, and that, would, of course, would, uh, would also bring in his father. Um, and this grand jury has been looking at this, and they are going to make a decision based on the evidence presented whether Hunter Biden should be indicted, whether he should be charged with a potential crime. That dude is ugly uh, as heck. If that happens, it then goes to the Justice Department. And this is where Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, is going to have to make a decision. Is he going to cover up for the Biden family? Because it will be publicly announced if the grand jury believes he should be indicted. Is he going to cover up for the Biden family and I think effectively destroy his reputation beyond repair? Or is he going to allow the prosecution to go forward? Uh, and then it's going to get very, very interesting because Hunter Biden will be facing jail time. And if it actually does go to trial, if he does not come to a plea agreement, 
uh, that's going to bring his father into it. Because when you're talking about the tax evasion and the money laundering, that money is going a bunch of places. One of the places it's going is to his father. Uh, so that's going to bring Joe Biden himself directly in. So there's a lot of interesting things I anticipate happening here in the next uh, six months to a year. Peter Schweitzer, the author of Red Handed. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Oh, it was great to be with you. Thanks for having me. For all our viewers asking where... What on earth? Why are you making noises? Sorry. <clears throat> okay, let's do this. Um... Biden and Harris meet with Prime Minister of Singapore to discuss threats from China and North Korea. The two, leader dis two leaders discussed several security concerns in the region. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Including aggression from the Chinese Communist Party. I don't know why that person looks like you when you were five years old. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> This is such a terrible time to do this when I'm doing it in front of you. Oh my gosh. The two leaders discussed uh, several security concerns in the region discussing um, aggression from the Chinese Communist Party in the South China Sea, North Korea's increase in missile tests, and ramifications of the 2020 military coup in Myanmar. Biden also noted the U.S. and Singapore are working together uh, to ensure the region st uh, <laughs> stays free to deepen economic ties and fight COVID-19 as a part of a broad agenda uh, they both share. I am really proud of the partnership between Singapore and the United States, he stated. Um, it is as close and as strong as it has ever been, and together we are working to uphold a rules-based order, international order, supporting the founding principles of the United Nations and advance a future for the Indo-Pacific that is both free and open. Prime Minister Lee added, uh, the U.S. and Singapore have uh, blossomed there more than 80-year French partnership uh, into the massive influence in shaping and stabilizing the region. He stressed threats from China and spillover from the Russian war with Ukraine have cemented the need for international unity and multilateral uh, cooperation. Lee further warned if the Ukraine crisis continues, then the Indo-Pacific countries could see devastating economic uh, political consequences. There are... Um, potential flashpoints and continuous um, or contentious issues in our region too, which, if not uh, managed, will if not managed well, could <laughs> stop farting. <laughs> Jesus. Hmm, it could escalate the open conflict. Okay, stated the official. This is the worst time of day to do this. I don't know 
what I was thinking. Countries with interests in the region need to pursue all efforts to settle disagreements through peaceful means so that we can avoid uh, reaching a point of no return. Yeah. Uh, additionally, Vice President Kamala Harris <coughs> uh, met with Lee to discuss the modern concerns facing the uh, U.S. and Singapore. <laughs> Just no end to the interruptions. <laughs> They touted several joint programs tackling how to bolster cybersecurity technology and others to explore the vastness of the universe. The vastness of the universe. Where? I'm sorry. The universe has nothing to do with what you're talking about in this article. Leave the universe alone. It can take care of itself. Singapore has um, signed the Artemis Accords, which aim to promote the peaceful, sustainable, and beneficial use of space. Lee stated, we are the first Southeast Asian country to sign on, so I'm very glad that the Vice President and I were able to meet again to discuss ways to take our partnership to an even greater level. <laughs> I, I guess... Uh, the, pres the, the Prime Minister of Singapore really, really likes Kamala Harris. Yup. Why don't you get one? Be knocking boots. Alright. Oh my god. Okay, last month the Biden administration unveiled its strategy to in bolstering ties between the US and Indo-Pacific countries. The booklet vowed to um, strengthen the region's military and economic infrastructure so countries can maintain their sovereignty and loosen China's grip on the region. Since then, top Biden diplomats and uh, defense officials have traveled to several countries in Indo-Pacific countries. The Pentagon has even welcomed the delegation of the Singapore defense officials recently. Additionally, um, Biden originally set to host several leaders from the um, participating ASEAN uh, countries uh, this week, but that meeting has been postponed. However, Biden maintains further entangling relations with East Asian and Indo-Pacific countries, uh, will secure America's influence in the greater Asian uh, continent for decades. Yeah, sure. We'll see. If I haven't talked about taxes enough, well, apparently it's not enough because here we go again. Taxes uh, are very, very high right now. I mean, anybody who has a vehicle and needs to get gas... We'll know that. Not even that. Just, like, taxes on everything. Anyway. Biden's tax the rich plan sugarcoats massive tax hikes on all. Okay. All. 
President Joe Biden unveiled a $5.8 trillion budget proposal for 2023. And you, you, you already know that none of that's going to us. It's going to Ukraine. In a bank. <laughs> uh, with a record increase in taxes, the White House uh, released the budget proposal on Tuesday or Monday, while um, asserting it's an attempt to ensure fiscal responsibility, safety, and security at home abroad. Um, the 2023 budget would spend billions of dollars on security programs in Europe and Ukraine while also allocating $773 billion to the Pentagon. I don't understand that. Why is the Pentagon getting that much money? Because, to be honest, the Pentagon is the overall security of the nation. That, that's what they do. Or that's what they're supposed to do. What does that have to do with the tax in- I don't know. It would also increase taxes on wealthy Americans, which economists believe will further uh, discourage investment and hinder economic growth. Uh, this is an un-American- This is an un-America- Oh my god. This is an un-American- this idea, uh, stated venture investor Kevin O'Leary. Born in America. Born in America. Uh, America. Is, okay. <laughs> is fundamentally against 60% of the economy where the companies I fund, the men and women who create family businesses, are vehemently opposed to, the, uh, to this regardless of what side of the aisle you're on. Biden absurdly claims that his administration has reduced inflationary pressures. Uh, Biden's historic inflation crisis has been going for nearly a year. Of course. Compared to 2020, we're reducing the size of the deficit relative to our economy by almost two-thirds. Reducing inflationary pressures. Yo. Um. Yo, this raisin can't do math. He's a bum. He, it, he's dumb. He's dumb. It has never been higher, the tax rate. I mean, good God. It's not okay. It's an un-American, that's what it is. It's un-American, that's what it is. O'Leary continued. Uh, and I can predict this, but not, or not that I want to get into politics. Biden is going to get, um, decimated in the midterms. Okay. Biden's new budget would also allocate $26 billion to NASA, which, uh, is an 11% increase from the fiscal year of 2022. We don't need to give NASA any more money. They put William Shatner up into space because he was a Star Trek, uh, frickin' star. Just because they could. Just, no. They're fooling around. They're being stupid. They don't need that money. Give it back to the American people. NASA don't need any more money. It's useless. Everything they do is useless. 
they give them that money because there's something up to there we don't know about they're trying to protect. Maybe. I'm just saying, leave it alone. Leave NASA alone. Leave the Pentagon alone. Like, why are we giving them that much money? There's a re- like I said, there's a reason. I, I know that. Know. It's just shady. <sighs> Meanwhile, members of the GOP in both chambers of the Congress issued dire warnings against this proposal. One America's chief White House correspondent, uh, Chanel Ryan, has more on the new budget and the controversy now surrounding it. This might just be what I spoke, but we'll see. And Biden's new budget would uh, allocate $26 billion to NASA, an 11% increase from fiscal year 2022. For more on the new budget and the controversy now surrounding it, here's One America's Chanel Rion. Monday, following a gaff-filled trip to Europe, President Biden turned to the domestic side and defiantly unveiled his 2023 budget proposal, a proposal dripping with language designed to appeal to moderates and working-class America. My budget also invests in other areas of bipartisan common good. I call them unity agendas. I spoke to them at the State of the Union. Beating the opioid, the opioid epidemic, taking on challenges of mental health, supporting our veterans, and ending cancer. Ultimately, Biden's nearly $6 trillion budget is all about raising taxes. Corporate taxes would go from the Trump era low of 21%. I'm sorry, Biden. No, 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 no. You're not going to help end cancer. You already have the cure for cancer. I believe that. If you cured cancer, thousands of doctors across the U.S. and the world would be broke. Shut up. Percent and hike all the way to 28%. The IRS would see a nearly 20% budget increase as well. Don't tell me what you value. Show me your budget, and I'll tell you what you value. Well, the budget I'm releasing today. You, the only thing you. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing you value, bro, is a child in your bedroom every night, and the Ukrainian bank account that is at danger because of the quote-unquote war between Russia and Ukraine. You want to protect your bank account and also you still want to touch little kids, which I know you still do. I know you do it. Shut up. You want to sniff women's hair. You want to be touchy-feely with all the kids. It's disgusting. You're not a president. You're a fool. Today sends a clear message to the American people that we've what we value. But the biggest headline out of Biden's proposal is the planned source of this government revenue, the rich. Biden introduced a so-called billionaire tax. The plan would impose a 20% tax on any households worth more than $100 million. No. That's nice. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. You want to know why? You know how um, angry the people, like the rich people would be? If Biden started unfairly taxing them? No, no, no. I'm sorry. The elites, the rich people, the celebrities, they're all a little country club. And just just because they say that they're going to tax the rich doesn't mean that it's actually going to happen. Biden argues this is about fairness and cutting the deficit. The billionaire minimum tax is fair and it raises $360 billion that can be used to lower costs for families and cut the deficit. I'm a capitalist. 
But uh, just, I want, I, if you can make a billion bucks, great. Just pay your fair share. Pay a little bit. A firefighter and a teacher. Hey, hey, Joe, Joe, hey. Hey, buddy. Guess what? Pay your fair share, bro. Pay your taxes, bro. Pull that money out from that illegal bank account in Ukraine. And pay your fair share. Pay more than double, double the tax rate that a billionaire pays. That's not right. Failing to mention the fact that- Bro, that's not right. That, that's not right, Joe. Hey, Joe. Joe, that's not right. Get Kamala to stop having sex with uh, all the senators, all right? I agree with Putin. We're stupid. <laughs> the um, empire of lies is what he said. He's right. He is right, though. Anyway, let's see here. I'm just the stupidity. That the top 10% of American income earners, anyone making more than $150,000 per year, pay for 70% of the taxes collected by the U.S. government. The top 1% of America pays 40% alone. All facts countering the Biden message of fairness in the tax system. Biden also vastly expanded the definition of income in his proposal. His tax hikes would also be applied on, quote, unrealized investment income. In other words, if your retirement fund or stock portfolio rise in value, Biden's IRS would tax those gains, whether you cashed out on those gains or not. This Don't touch our retirement plans, bro. Oh, wow. Listen, just be... Uh-uh. See? <laughs> They're trying to tax our retirement plans now. Joe. 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 Just because you never actually filed for a retirement plan doesn't mean that you can't take it from everybody. Doesn't mean that you have to take it from everybody else. Whatever he does, it's not going to matter because in two more years he's gone I'm afraid to see who's going to be coming into office next. Trump is. Oh, we'll see. We'll see, though. I really hope he runs again. He is. That's I really he hope is. he wins. But whoever he's running up against... Oh. I met... It might be Kamala Harry-ass. We don't got nobody else. <laughs> This, argue some, is a slippery slope, one that could also include homeowners or landowners or cryptocurrency. The White House emphasized this budget, while simply a proposal and not yet law passed by Congress, is still a statement of values, to which critical pushback was immediate. Republican Congressman Chip Roy of Texas tweeted, so let's look and see what Biden and other Democrats actually value. The word military appears 26 times, gender 43 times, and equity is used 75 times. The word climate is used 187 times. Shna okay, I know this is completely unrelated, but the thing is, is that climate change, we are, we are just making, we're putting so much money into, you know, changing climate change and making sure that you know the planet's safe and all this other stuff the only thing you can basically do is recycle that's the that's the main thing um 
change from electrical power to clean solar power, all of that stuff. Like there's little things that you can do in order to help the climate. I don't believe it should be funded because it's something that people every day can do in their own life. They, people need to be responsible for that if that's the concern. Okay. But other than that, the climate's going to do what it wants to do. You can't change that. Climate change is going to happen whether or not we spend billions of billions of dollars on climate change. It's not going to change unless people start changing, but I don't see any change. So we're basically spending money on climate change that isn't going to change. Chanel Vian, One American News, Washington. For all our viewers. All right, I'm done. Oh, Lord. Okay, okay, let's have some fun and read some fun articles, all right? Okay, I found one. It was like the first one that popped up, so it says... Don't freeze on me. Okay, here we go. 103 fun facts that will rise and entertain you. Okay. Let's see here. Where's the first one? I don't like it that people have like this huge like article before everything. Why is there kids screaming? Though less common than ow, than earthquakes, the moon actually has moonquakes too. Really? How do we know this though? How do we know? Um, let's see. That's right, moonquakes. Pretty much everyone is interested in space. So this is always a good fact to pull out. To pull out? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm in a rare mood today. You actually lose a large percentage of your taste buds while in an airplane. This might explain a lot about those less than stellar in-flight meals. No, those are just trash. Um, <laughs> or why you find yourself craving the saltiest foods while in the sky. Bees can sting other bees, usually if they feel threatened or are protecting their territory. Uh, in other words, you're the only one who's scared of getting stung. So they really just like, how do they do that? They just spar with their, their butt thorns? <laughs> they just, they just, they just touch butts the whole time until, until one of them dies. <laughs> but listen, wait. A bee dies after it stings you. Does that mean that both of them die after they get stung? Yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. Most people know dolphins have incredible sonar abilities, but did you know that um, there is a there were studied as war tools during the Cold War? No, I uh, I think I remember hearing something about that. Uh, they really are smart as people, and as horny, because <laughs> they are horny animals. 
And there are dozens of dolphin-specific fun facts out there, actually. Yes, like how dolphins always want to hump each other. <laughs> like humans, koalas actually have unique individual fingerprints. Um, if you place a koala and human fingerprint side by side, they're actually pretty hard to differentiate. Brendan Fraser almost died while filming The Mummy. He passed out while filming a scene. Pretty scary. Will Ferrell uh, consumed too much sugar while filming Elf that he actually became physically ill. If you have been, or if you've seen the famous spaghetti scene, then you can probably understand why. Yeah, that was crazy. He had to actually eat that? Good God. I'd get sick too. The Hollywood sign in Los Angeles uh, once said Hollywoodland, but was changed in 1949. The most expensive film ever made was Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, which cost more than $375 million to create. For reference, the average budget for a studio movie is $65 million. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Let's see, Buzz Lightyear's original name was Lunar Larry. <laughs> Doesn't have quite the same ring to it, right? No. Iceland grows 5 centimeters per year because of its moving tectonic plates. Another Iceland fun fact, more than 60% of the country's population lives in its capital city, Reykjavik. Yes. Hello, Iceland. I know you're not listening yet, but... You as a listener. Okay. Russia uh, has a whopping 11 time zones within the country, which gives you an idea of just how large it is. The place that has more caves than any other place on Earth, Kentucky. Really? <laughs> uh, surprising, right? Maybe worth adding to your next vacation list. Kentucky's a nice place if you like hills and woods. It's pretty nice. Um, the Sahara Desert uh, can reach up to 136 degrees. Its average temperature is actually about 100 degrees Fahrenheit, so it's pretty much always hot. That We already know that. It is always hot. They, uh, Vatican City is a Satanist city. Just want to put it out there. One of these days I'm going to have to do a little um, audio documentary about the Vatican City. Um, but it's actually the smallest country in the world, only two miles wide. Um, there are more people in California than Canada, despite the fact that Canada has more than 2,000% larger in size than California. The closest rate in the United... or the closest state... <laughs> um, in the United States to Africa is Maine. What? Which juts out further east to the Atlantic than most people realize. That one just kind of blew my mind. Because usually you see Maine above Africa on a world map. Yeah. But like if you folded that in like a circle, you that it would probably line up like that. Okay. Russia has more surface area than Pluto. Seem impossible? Just think about those 11 time zones. 
The heart of a shrimp is located in its head. Weird, yet kind of cool. Also weird, shrimp have an open circulatory system. Huh? So their organs just float in blood. What? Yes, we do have to go to the zoo soon. I want to see the wolfies. Slugs? Oh god, I hate- I hate- listen. Mm. I have a thing about things with no face, fur, appendages, and, and just covered in slime. What? What? The AC? Okay, I'm gonna turn on the AC real quick. Okay, let's go to... Yeah, no, I have a thing about things without a face and stuff like that, like... I don't know if I've said this before, but I'm deathly terrified of worms. Slugs, maggots, all of that nasty stuff. I... I don't like it. They're just wiggly things without an identity and I just don't like it. <laughs> it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Look, listen, if you had no arms and no face and you were covered in slime and the rest of your life you had to be crawling on your stomach, that would be terrifying. <laughs> no, they don't. I need to see their eyes. They do. You just can't see them. I know, but I need to see a face. Well, look it up on I don't want to see a worm's face. Look it up. I, I, God should have made them cuter. I'm sorry. They're just. Ugh. Okay. Slugs have not one, not two, but three. No, not three, but four noses. They don't work like human noses do. Exactly. Instead, they sense chemical sounds, lights, and more. But the thing is, is that they can't sense salt when it's being poured upon them. They just kind of just dissolve. It takes a sloth two to four weeks to digest food. They actually have the slowest metabolism... Uh, or it's me metabolic system of any mammal. Just like human babies suck their thumbs, baby elephants sometimes suck on their trunks. Aww, that's cute! Um, they can also stand within 20 minutes of birth uh, and instead sense their mothers uh, through sound and smell. Aww. Crows can recognize human faces. Yes. And remember them for their entire lives. They've also been known to leave gifts for humans. <gasps> Maybe we should get a crow. As a pet. No? <laughs> um, there is only one country on Earth without mosquitoes. Iceland. <gasps> we are living in the wrong country. Its low temperatures make it impossible for the pests to breed. Oh my god. We need to go there for a vacation at some point. Oh my gosh. That- Iceland is such a beautiful place. I would love it. I wouldn't want to leave. Detroit to Iceland is 
Well, I don't know about the flight, but I know like the tourist attractions would be expensive. But um, the name of the group of lemurs is a conspiracy. <laughs> a conspiracy of lemurs. Yes, I know. This is because they often work together in their social groups to outsmart prey. Oh, that's cute. Uh, believe it or not, wombats poop uh, is cube-shaped. <laughs> Wombat poop is cube-shaped. I don't know if that's Weird. This apparently has to do with their digestive process and various body contractions. They... Yeah, okay. Uh, a little gross, but also kind of funny. Lobsters pee out of their faces. <laughs> Even more interesting, they do this as a to attract mates. So, just think about a second. Lobsters have to pee on themselves to attract that. a mate. <laughs> Be like, hey, hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you imagine that being a thing for no. humans? No. Good God, that's nasty. Ready to have your mind blown? A blind chameleon can still adjust to the colors of its environment. The way it changes colors is because of the special cells, not eyesight. Freddie Mercury has a pretty memorable smile, but did you know that it's because he had four extra teeth in his upper jaw? Yeah. Yeah, that's how he got high notes. Let's see. Clocking in at 1,560 words, Rap God by Eminem is the song with the most words. Imagine trying to memorize all of that. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't listen to Eminem. The world's largest concert lasted 453 hours, uh, though there is also a 639-year-long concert that is currently happening, according to the Washington Post. Wow, okay. Um, it takes 70 different pieces of wood to make up a violin. 70 different pieces of wood, explaining why some of them are so expensive. That makes no sense to me. I mean, I don't know. A clownfish, or all clownfish are born male, and that explains Marlin the Nemo, or and Nemo. <laughs> they have the ability to change their sex later on. So, listen. Clownfish are the only transgenders out there. I'm gonna get hated on for that. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I... I can't stop being truthful. Okay? A group of porcupines is called a prickle. <laughs> How fitting. The animal is also known uh, as a quill pig in Latin. Which is kind of cute. Abraham Lincoln, who was famously tall at six foot four, also was also a successful competitive wrestler. 
Interesting. Finland has more saunas than cars. Sounds like a pretty great place. In fact, it's consistently ranked as one of the very happiest countries in the world, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was the tall dude. Uh, Gatorade was invented at the University of Florida, named after the mascot of the school, the Gators. Um, the university receives 20% of the profits from the beverage. Volleyball and basketball were both invented in Massachusetts. The heaviest onion ever grown was 18 pounds and was grown in England. Okay. Uh, contrary to what you might think, Canada actually eats more macaroni and cheese than any other place. Belgium eats the most fries and Germany eats the most bread. The most famous Sesame Street character, Cookie Monster, his real name is Sid. And Captain Crunch, his full name is Captain Horatio Magellan Crunch. Naturally. I don't know. If you play tennis at Wimbledon, swearing is not allowed. Uh, therefore, judges have to learn swear words in different languages in order to enforce the rules. Not the least, not the least fun job in the world. Uh, mushrooms can glow in the dark. In fact, there are more than 70 varieties of mushrooms that can do this. Okay. Since 1962, the official sport of Maryland was jousting. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, the world's heaviest watermelon weighed at 350 pounds. Ketchup was once sold as medicine to treat diarrhea and indigestion. Did it work? Right. <laughs> the treatment did not, in fact, work. <laughs> in Switzerland, uh, it's illegal to own just one guinea pig because they crave social interaction so much. Um, in their natural habitat, they live in groups and are very communicative. 7% of um, American adults think chocolate milk comes from brown cows. <laughs> Do better, Americans! What on earth? Bananas are curved because of how they grow toward the sun. Also, technically speaking, they're actually defined as a type of berry. I don't know how. <laughs> um, let's see. The oldest living animal is reportedly the Sekeli's giant tortoise named Jonathan. He is 190. Aw, good for him. Only 5% of the ocean has been explored. The intense pressure at the deepest depths of the ocean makes it virtually impossible to navigate. St. Lucia is the only country in the world named after a woman. The British, yeah. The British royal family isn't allowed to play Monopoly because it gets too competitive. <laughs> the queen also has only one nail polish color. Man, what a strict household. <laughs> there is an island in Japan that is only habited, inhabited by bunnies. Oh my God. And yes, you can visit there if you want. Oh. Oh, they also have a deer sanctuary in Japan. Really? Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. The Supreme Court has its own private basketball court. 
um, called the highest court in the land. Y'all are just deluded. <laughs> Pretty clever if you ask me. It's also- it also features a gym. Well, of course. I don't know. They don't look like they're- None of those people in the Supreme Court look like they're in shape. They don't use that thing. <laughs> More people are killed by vending machines than sharks. Okay. Are you serious? How do you get killed? By a vending machine. <laughs> I wanna know. Do people just get upset because they don't get their exact change and then they just topples on top of them? Uh, also, more than 90% of shark attacks are on males. Oh, they got misogynist uh, sharks out there. Uh, let's see. There's a town in Norway called Hell. Um, ironically, it never gets very warm there at all. In fact, the temperature regularly dips below zero degrees. <laughs> that's... that. You know what? I know... It, that's kind of cute. That's ironic. That's kind of cute? <laughs> no, just because it's like, it's so cold, but the, yeah, they call it Hell because it's, it's so cold. It's an... What is it, an oxymoron? I think it's funny! <laughs> if you put together all the time of the characters of... Uh, wait, hang on. If you put together all the time of characters sitting in silence in Twilight, you would... It would amount to 26 minutes. Vampires are really that dramatic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dolly Parton once entered a Dolly Parton lookalike contest and lost. Yeah, we know. Jennifer Lawrence has a tattoo that says H2O on her hand to remind her to drink water. Ryan Gosling was almost in the Backstreet Boys like any other 90s boy and girl band members. Gosling was a member of the Mickey Mouse Club. Jennifer Aniston was almost a Saturday Night Live cast member, yes, before Friends. She turned down the role because she had heard uh, the environment at SNL was not um, good towards women. When Lady Gaga went to NYU, a group of students started a Facebook group about how she would never be famous. Um, I guess the joke is really, really on them now, huh? Hmm. I think the joke is on her, because usually people who are in the elite system have to sell their soul. You know, just saying. Jamie Lee Curtis is Jake Gyllenhaal's godmother. <laughs> um, his parents are both directors and screenwriters, so he's always been closely connected to the industry. Um, pop star Lord has an Instagram account where she rates onion rings. From around the world. <laughs> Jesus! Do you need to spit? You okay? Okay. <clears throat> Lana Del Rey's uh, real name is Lizzie Grant. Um, she says she chose the, the name... 
because she wanted something that sounded sort of exotic and reminded me of, uh, like, the seaside. Okay, whatever. Strawberries are not actually berries. They're actually a multiple fruit which consists of tiny individual fruits embedded in the fleshly receptacle. According to the... Okay, whatever. <laughs> Avocados are technically berries, though. <laughs> oh, no. Number 70! You can actually hear rhubarb grow. It pops. Amazing. You can e you can eat the labels on fruit. They're totally edible much of the time. They just might not taste that good. Then I don't want to eat it. <laughs> Until 2011, anything lower than 11% ABV um, is not legally considered alcohol. Green, yellow, and red bell peppers might look like different versions of the same vegetable, but they're not. White chocolate isn't actually of chocolate at all. It's mostly cocoa, butter, sugar, and lectin? I don't know what that is. Honey will never go bad, so that's uh, <laughs> one last thing you have to throw out when you clean out your pantry. Carrots were originally purple, not orange. You can still find delicious purple carrots around, though, even though they're not the most popular version. If you put grapes in the microwave, they will explode. <laughs> I want to know what kind of kid did this. <laughs> it's like, I'm bored. Let me put some grapes in the freaking microwave. Nutmeg can be a hallucinogenic if consumed in large quantities. Um, you would have to eat at least two teaspoons um, or more to feel any effects, though. Raspberries are actually a member of the rose family, so are apples, pears, and plums. Broccoli contains more protein than a lot of meats, including steak. Just another reason to add the green vegetable to your menu. Pistachios are technically fruits. Think of them as the opposite of a peach. Okay. Spam actually contains, or actually stands for spiced ham. It's been around since 1937. Yeah, because I used to eat that when I was a kid. Most countries don't refrigerate their eggs. In the U.S., they are considered a perishable item and therefore have to be refrigerated, but they have a surprisingly long shelf life. Interesting. Whether you realize it or not, you blink around 20 times per minute. You can blink up to five times per second if you try, um, which makes the eyes the fastest muscle in the body. Earwax is, is technically a form of sweat. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. 
Over the course of an average lifetime, most people will spend an entire year sitting on the toilet. <laughs> True. Um, you're taller in the morning than at night. This is because over the course of the day, your cartilage compresses and makes it a bit shorter. Okay. The average adult human has 2,000 to 4,000 taste buds, and despite what you may have been taught, they are not visible to the human eye. Okay. Humans are the only animals on Earth with chins. Okay, for one, we're not animals. But I'm pretty sure cats have chins. But anyway, the scariest part is that no one knows why this is. Cats have chins? Don't they? Dogs have chins? Oh my god. Oh my god. No. We're the only ones that have chins. That's weird. An average... Or on average, hair grows about six inches per year as we age. Some of them use hair follicles, or some of these hair follicles stop producing hair, which is why hair loss and balding is common in older people. Blushing is caused by a rush of adrenaline. Um, it's also genetic. If you're prone to it, it's likely one of your, in one of your parents too. Okay. So there's people who aren't actually able to blush because it's not genetic? Or, I know that everybody blushes. Forget it. Everybody. That's cute when people blush. It's adorable. Let's see. Um, every two weeks, another language or dialect goes extinct. There is a language in Nigeria that is currently only spoken by four living individuals. The Australian um, Aboriginal language of Pakitiani... Um, is only currently spoken by um, anywhere from 2 to 24 people. There are more than 200 languages that have been invented just for television or movies. True. A dog's sense of spell is 40 times more powerful than a human's. They have 300 million um, olfactory receptors. Dogs also have something called neophilia, which means they are attracted to new and interesting odors. This might explain a lot why your daily walks with your dog take longer <laughs> some days than others. Dogs also can breathe and smell simultaneously, unlike humans. Okay, there's a lot of dog ones now. <laughs> um, dogs have a dominant paw like humans have a dominant left or right hand. Dogs' noses are like a human, like human fingerprints. Okay, each one is unique. Dolphins literally sleep with one eye open because only one of their brain hemispheres sleeps at a time. The left eye closes when the right half of the brain sleeps, vice versa. Originally, vacuum cleaners were house were horse-drawn. What? The horse-drawn buggy would announce to all your neighbors that you were having a special treatment done. Oh, I see. Okay. Alfred Hitchcock was scared of eggs. That dude! 
who did birds and who did okay umbrellas were once only used by women they've also been around in some form since 500 BC okay and that's all the 103 facts about the will Let's find some weird attractions in the U.S. Alright. Let's go on a <laughs> 15 weird and wonderful outdoor attractions worth visiting. Thor's Well, Cape Perpetua, Oregon. Of course it would be in Oregon. Jeez. All that pagan stuff. Anyway. I don't want to enter anything, Men's Journal. Just let me read the article. There's nothing like a giant hole <laughs> in the sea to evoke swirling thoughts of Armageddon. Thor's Well, located just off the coast of Cape Perpetua in Oregon, is more ge geologic wonder than a symbol of impending doom. As ominous as it looks, the hole is actually a bowl, and only is about 20 feet deep, carved out of the same basalt as the rest of the shoreline. In other words, it's not draining anything at high tide. It, The waves roll in and fill the bowl from the bottom up. Let's see. Causing water to spray out the top. Where it ends up floating back. Okay, cool. The Lightning Field, New Mexico. American sculptor Walter D. Maria's land art, known as the Lightning Field, um, has stood in the high desert of New Mexico for nearly 40 years, designed to be walked through. To be walked through? I don't want to be shocked. As well as viewed from a short distance, the artwork is uh, comprised of 400 stainless steel poles erected in a grid array measuring a mile by one kilometer. Um, each pole is spaced uh, by 220 feet from the next and stands about 20 feet. 7.5 inches tall, just right to attract lightning. Okay. Hole in the wall, Johnson County, Wyoming. Okay. Uh, the outlaws were gone by the early 1900s, but their cattle, rustling, train robbing, hell raising <laughs> escapades were alive in a memory at Hole in the Wall, will, um, a secluded spot in the Bighorn Mountains of northern Wyoming, is a red sandstone plateau, uh, was once a favorite hideaway for Jesse James, Butch Cassidy, and the so-called Will Butch and the Logan Brothers. It stands about a half a mile above the valley floor, accessible by a single air narrow trail, with a grassy field at the top providing both an ideal grazing spot for the bandits, contraband cattle, and 
363 degree vantage point from which to spot any approaching troublemakers. That's the next one. City Hall Station, New York City. I think I might have been there when I was in New York. Um, it looks familiar anyways. The City of New York discontinued subway service at uh, City Hall as of December 31st, 1945, but the station remains to their underground, frozen in time, a throwback to the city beautiful to the city's beautiful movement, um, an initiative that at the turn of the century to uh, increase moral and civic virtue through beautiful structures. Um, some of the magnificently um, unexpected architecture details for those lucky enough to uh, get on a tour include chandeliers, glass tiles, uh, Gustavino uh, vaulted ceilings, and even skylights. That's actually really cool. Nevada National Security Site, 65 miles from Las Vegas. Okay, starting at in 1951, an estimated 900 nuclear weapons tests were conducted at the Nevada test site, uh, blasting giant holes in landscape and setting mushroom clouds into the sky. Um, today, the remote Rhode Island-sized swath of desert and mountains operates as the Nevada National Security Site. And while the U.S. Uh, no longer tests nuclear weapons there or anywhere, uh, visitors can tour the relics of the infamous outdoor laboratory. The security site conducts day-long uh, public tours um, busying visitors from the um, Atomic Testing Museum in Las Vegas to observe spots like Frotchman Flat, the uh, location of the very first atmospheric nuclear test, and the Sedan Crater where the nuclear explosion blew about 12 million tons of Earth, uh, leaving a crater of 1,280 feet in diameter. House on the Rock, Spring Green, uh, Wisconsin. The House on the Rock is, or has to be seen to believed. Uh, what started as a design challenge for architect Alex Jordan in the 1940s uh, to build a Japanese-style pagoda home atop 60-rock column um, in southern Wisconsin was morphed into a madman's collection of art and architecture. Today, the original home, along with more than a dozen other buildings, uh, occupy the space, each uh, jam-packed with collectibles ranging from dollhouses to guns to music machines um, and other one-of-a-kind attractions like the world's largest indoor carousel or the Infinity Room, an engineering marvel made of glass um, counterbalanced by concrete that extends unsupported 15 stories above the valley floor. That sounds very interesting. The Wave Organ in San Francisco. The Wave Organ, um, developed in 1986 by the the artist Peter Richards, um, in collaboration with master stonemason and sculptor George Gonzalez, is an acoustic sculpture from a distance 
it looks like they or looked like any other concrete dock or jetty. But uh, walk to the very end where the stone uh, steps lead to a couple of levels to provide a better vantage. And some of the 25 organ pipes made from PVC um, and concrete come into view, set at various levels in the jetty to account for the rise and fall of the tide. The pipes are played by the water's impact and uh, partial flow into the end of the pipe. That's cool. The Neon Museum Boneyard Las Vegas. Alright. In Las Vegas, every piece of retired neon uh, signage has a chance at a second life at the Boneyard. A one-of-a-kind exhibit located within the Neon Museum's two-acre campus in the Boneyard. More than 200 signs, even or seven of which have been fully restored to their glowing former glory. Um, let's see. Are displayed in an outdoor setting that is half urban park and half glitzy junkyard. Tour guides also take small groups through the display, sharing uh, each piece's history and folklore. Bennerman's Castle, Polypel Island, New York. Colossal Scottish uh, castles are interesting, uh, more so not located in Scotland, but rather 50 miles of New York City. In a small deserted island in the Hudson River, Bennerman's Castle, named for uh, owner Francis Bennerman, a Scotsman who began his construction in 1900, was actually used more as a warehouse for Bennerman's military surplus business than residence. Uh, still, the grand architecture with uh, its turrets and towers stokes the imagination. The castle fell into ruin years ago, but the crumbling stones have only added to its uh, intrigue. Ringing Rocks County Park, Upper Black Eddy, Pennsylvania. Ringing Rocks County Park, um, located 60 miles of, um, north of Pennsylvania, has an unusual feature. There, among 120 acres of heavily wooded trails and waterfalls, sits seven-acre field of medium-sized boulders that ring like bells when struck. Bring a hammer. <laughs> okay. Um, eight other such sites in the U.S., Australia, England, Scotland, and Nambia have so far been discovered. Scientists still aren't exactly sure what causes uh, so sonorous or lithophonic rocks to sus but suspect it has something to do with the high iron content and hollowed out underground waterways. Um, let's see. Equally mysterious is how the boulder field at Ringing Rocks County Park, which runs about 10 feet deep, was originally formed. The usual suspects, glaciers and avalanches from collapsed mountainsides, don't appear to have been present. 
the sunken forest in Rye, New Hampshire. A sunken or drowned forest is an ecological uh, rarity that happens when a large section of the forested coastline is submerged in the ocean. Uh, The salt water kills the trees, leaving behind petrified stumps and root systems. New Hampshire has two known occurrences, both thought to have um, formed allowing the Wisconsin uh, glacial stage. Let's see. Uh, When rising temperatures melted the ice, it it caused the sea level to rise relative to the coast. Um, The stumps at one of those locations um, on Odurn Point State Park are exposed at low tide, offering the eerie experience of encountering a 5,000-year-old tree stump among the rocks and sand of the water's edge. Santa Susana, Santa Susana Field Lab, uh, Canonga Park, California. Canoga. Since the 1950s, Santa Susana Field Lab played a key role in the U.S. space program as a test site for rocket engines used uh, used in satellites and space shuttles. Including the Apollo moon landings up until 1988, the U.S. government—I know—the U.S. government also uh, used the land to conduct leading-edge nuclear, solar, and st- uh, sodium technology research. The 2,850-acre plot, located uh, about 30 miles from Los Angeles, blah, blah, blah. Los Angeles. Uh, in the remote hills between uh, Chatsworth and Semi Valley, was officially retired in 2006. But the towering rocket engine test stands um, remain as a reminder of its historical importance. Santa Susana um, is also strewn with the Native American artifacts and remains the largest and underdeveloped tract of land in an otherwise urban area. Three decades ago, Boeing began a restoration project to clean up the residential chemical um, contamination in the soil and groundwater from the land's decades of service. And... Much of the native wildlife, including red-tailed hawks and bobcats, have returned to the sandstone cliffs and oak woodlands. Yay. How many are there in this thing? (laughs) Uh, Hanging Lake, Glenwood Canyon, Colorado. Colorado's rocky mountains are full of scenic spots, but none none this odd. Hanging Lake is suspended on the edge of a cliff a natural anomaly that most likely occurred due to its location in the fault line. Uh, Geologists believe a section uh, sheared off and dropped into what is now the lake bed. Okay. The site includes numerous waterfalls and a thriving hanging plant community. Um, Carbonate minerals create the water's rare shade of turquoise green. Ooh, pretty. Okay. 
Raw Paulette's hand-carved caves, Santa Fe. Ooh, it looks nice. Okay. After the Academy Award-nominated documentary of Cave Digger was released in 2014, people started to started becoming aware of the exquisite art that Raw Paulette was uh, creating inside the caves of New Mexico, using only hand tools like pickaxes and scrapers. Paulette now 70 carves out caves to create inter or intricate um, sanctuaries and meditation grottos the trick is finding one paulette has less than or was less enthusiastic when public attention uh he received after uh the film and no travel guide to his 14 uh, known members or chambers <laughs> is likely to be published in any or in the near future. Okay, I'm I'm hitting the reading wall. Earthship bios bio biotecture campus El Prado, New Mexico. That is an interesting building. Visionary Michael Reynolds coined the the term Earthship. Um, in the 70s to describe his off-the-grid style of passive solar architecture using um, natural and recycled materials, most notably earth-packed rubber tires. Um, He has since built hundreds of these quirky structures all over the world. In 1994, Reynolds started uh, the first Earthship um, bio-architecture um, community located in the desert um, outside of Taos. Let's see. Uh, it now includes 75 private homes and a visitor and or yeah, and a visitor and learning center where guests can walk through an earthship and take a guided tour of the active construction site to view a handful of Earthships in progress. And I think that's it for that. It's time to take a break, yeah! Alright, black and white movie fans, I got you, so here we go. Let's go to the article. Alright, top 10 film classics that will make you fall in love with black and white movies. So, here we go. Number one is Casablanca from 1942, which I haven't actually watched. I haven't watched this one. Um, usually when it comes to black and white movies, I like the ones that catch my eye, um, which could be different for everybody else, but not exactly staring with a deep cut, are we? Starting with a deep cut, um, but never mind. Casablanca, directed by Michael Curtis, um is one of the trains from Hollywood's first half century and if you have any 
interest in how movies used to be, it's uh, the one to see. Some will argue for Citizen Kane here, and it's hardly a bad choice, but I'd argue uh, this one is more purely entertaining than and accessible. Um, it stars Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid uh, Bergman, legends both, giving their most iconic pref performances alongside Cater uh, of supporting actors who turn the most minor of characters into memorable allies and well-shaded villains. The script, based on a play, is loaded with memorable lines that have become a cliché, like, here's looking at you, kid, um, but the plot is also a corker. Bogart is Rick, owner of a nightclub in um, France. I don't even know how to s pronounce that um, city or whatever. Who must help his old flame, Ilsa, and her husband, a Czech Republic resistance leader, um, escape the Nazis. The patrons at Rick's are a memorable bunch, particularly Peter Lore and local crook who comes into the possession of the letters of transit that prove crucial that Ilsa's escape, even though they are technically they technically don't make any sense from the first frame to the final line. Um, it's a blend of action, romance, melodrama, and spy hijinks make it an enduring classic. The Miracle of Morgan's Creek, 1944. I love snowball comedy and could easily have filled this list up with ten of them, but this one directly by or directed by Preston Sturges is my favorite. Um, its plot is pretty brazen for a movie with, of the era. Era, I can't talk. Trudy Kokenlocker <laughs> um, is out at a bar celebrating with the boys before they head off to war and has a wee bit too much to drink. She wakes up the next morning with a ring on her finger but can't remember who she is married to. <laughs> oh my god. That's so funny. Um, even where she winds up pregnant and... Um, is minus one marriage license. The innuendo-laden script, which only gets kookier from there, ran into problems with the censors of the era, but seems pretty tame by today's standards. Still, uh, it's the very definition of a romp. That's funny. Children of Paradise. I've never actually heard of any of these. Or I've heard of Casablanca, but I've never seen Casablanca. But the other ones I haven't actually heard of. Three-hour foreign language epic about the French circus might seem a weird choice for a list of accessible classics, but 1945 production filmed during the turmoil of the German occupation of France during World War II is captivating from the first frame and the last. 
um, and gorgeous to look at. Set in the 19th century, it follows an enigmatic actress and four very different men who love her account and a mime. Uh, drama, intrigue, and tragedy abound across the lengthy runtime of watching three hours of subtitles in one of in one go sounds like a tall order. It splits neatly into two halves: Boulevard of Crime and The Man in White. Wow, that's cool. Okay, Night of the Hunter. The Night of the Hunter. Um, the only film directed by actor Charles Lawton is a grim fairy tale of a thriller and is one of the strangest movies Hollywood has ever made. Um, Robert Mitchum plays a drifter, con man, and serial killer who has married a string of women for their money and then murdered them. Oh, that's nice. After being arrested for driving a stolen car, he learns from a few prisoners uh, sentenced to die for murder that he has stashed $10,000 on his property and sworn uh, his two kids to secrecy about his location, or its location. Uh, no sooner is he out of jail than the sinister preacher uh, heads off to see the widow and... Uh, her kids who know he isn't to be trusted and flee down the river. Um, a haunting twist on Huck Finn, the film is loaded with a surreal imagery and weird special effects, um, some of them necessitated by the low budget and the director's inexperience. Audiences at the time were baffled uh, but it quickly developed a cult following. Modern audiences can appreciate it for just how darn weird it was. <laughs> the Raisin in the Sun. I've never... You've heard about that one? Okay. It is an incredible understatement to say that the classic Hollywood isn't exactly known for the sensitive handling of race. The trailer of for 1961's A Raisin in the Sun, based on an acclaimed play by the black writer Lorraine Hansberry, tells you all you need to know. It begins with the monologue from the producer who painstakingly um, reassures white audiences who may have um, balked at seeing a story about black family um, that the play is based on one of lots, or I'm sorry, is based on, uh, has won a lot of awards, okay. Um, it's a small-scale domestic drama about a black family looking to better its circumstances while living in an, a racially segregated Chicago with a legendary cast including Sidney uh, Poitier, Ruby D, and uh, Louis Gossett Jr. All right. Laura. Um, film noir um, is this whole thing. Stories of crime, murder, femme fatales, and immoral de uh, detectives with a lot of potential um, entry points. Lots of people might say to start with the labyrinthine plotting of the Maltese 
Falcon, uh, but I like Otto Preminger's Laura a lot better. Jean Tyranny stars. That's a lot. That's a mouthful. Goodness gracious. Stars as the title character, a successful ad woman who has been murdered by a shotgun blast to the face. God. Dang. And the detective who investigates her death finds himself falling into a twisted kind of love with her. Okay. I don't- I never want to see this. I- I'm- I'm not okay with necrophilia, okay? Not unlike that it experienced uh, by many of the men he suspects of killing her. The pulpy, acidic plot uh, is full of twists and dark humor and hasn't aged a day. The Lady Vanishes. Probably a weird pick for anyone's first Hitch Hitchcock, even first black and white Hitchcock. Psycho would seem a much more logical choice, but I have a real soft spot for this train set uh, whodunit in which an old lady disappears while a trip across Europe and a young woman, the only passenger who will admit to seeing her, must solve the mystery. Sinister uh, suspects abound as well as a few colorful, very British personalities that lend the affair a bit of humor. It was a smash hit at the time and will satisfy anyone who appreciates a good cozy mystery. On the Waterfront 1954 As Elia Kazan directed drama, um, this is perfect for those of you who's, who shy away from the classics because you, can, you can't handle it. Um, the outdated acting style, I hear uh, you disagree, but I hear you. But here's where it all really started to change. Marlon Brando won acclaim and award for his so-called method acting. Let's see in the role of a disgraced boxer turned dock worker who runs afoul of the local mob boss who convinced him to throw a fight years earlier. It's a tragic crime story that echoes in the work of Martin Scorsese, but still stands on its own merits. That's nice. Seven Samurai. Let's see. Seven Samurai is one of the most uh, famous Japanese films ever made, and its influence can't be uh, overstated. Let's see. It has been remade multiple times in the Old West as the Magnificent, Magnificent Seven, but also as the Bur A Bug's Life. What? Okay. And... In Helen DeWitt's 2000 novel, The Last Samurai, a single mother uh, even uses the lessons as an, a stand-in for the presence of a father figure in uh, her son's life. Uh, its plot, a small town is terrorized by bandits and enlists uh, the aid of some wandering swordsman to help 
defend it. Uh, it's simple enough to allow for maximum character development um, among the titular characters and gather a team of expert structure has never been more effectively uh, deployed. Nice. All About Eve, 1950. This Hasidic 1950 Beyond the Camera story is a prime example of Hollywood's uh, penchant for navel-gazing. Um, concerning as it does a bitter feud between beloved, between a beloved but aging actress Margot Channing, played to bitter perfection by Betty Davis, and an ambitious young up-and-comer Eve Harrington and Baxter, who is willing to do anything to cr and cross anyone to become a star. The script, which is laced with barbed wit and deep cynicism, will delight anyone who loves the soapy, salacious work of Ryan Murphy and the cast, which includes Marilyn Monroe in one of her earliest roles, performs it to perfection. Um, it's pretty much any... Pretty much my favorite movie. Okay, okay. And that's it. Okay. And today, um, for world news, we're only going to do one story, and that is uh, for the little island country in the Indian Ocean, Mauritius. Uh, I am very, very thankful that there are people in this little island that are listening to my podcast. I cannot express how thankful I am for that. I love the fact that not only am I reaching like big countries like Norway, Sweden, Finland, South Africa, I'm getting the little places, the little corners of the world. I've never actually, I, I never knew about this island, I never knew about this country before it just popped up on my anchor profile, and I was like, what is this? And I looked at it, you can hardly find it on a map, and that just makes me so happy that a small place in the world has listened to my podcast. It doesn't even have to be, they don't have to listen to it all the way through. I just know that someone there has heard my voice, and I'm so grateful for that. That's just, that makes me excited. Um, but yeah, we're gonna do some news there. Okay, here we go. UK rights over the Indian Ocean domain name. Okay, so here we go. Right to license. IO address being challenged on grounds of Britain no longer has legitimate claim to Chagas Islands. Okay. The right to license lucrative online domain names favorited by cryptocurrency firms has become the last, the latest battlefield in the escalating dispute between Mauritius and the UK over ownership of the Chagas Islands. Um, the two-letter address .io, which stands for Indian Ocean, is allocated by the internet 
assigned numbers authority Ayana to the British Indian Ocean Territory uh, BIOT okay um, but it's operated by a commercial firm nationally or nominally based in uh, Diego Garcia and the largest of the Chagos Islands and home of the US military base the .io term is fashionable among the online dealers and digital uh, economy enthusiasts because the in initials also stand for input-output, the process of sending and receiving data. Cryptocurrency firms and uh, companies selling non-fungible uh, tokens, NFTs, um, created to turn digital art into tradable videos or images uh, frequently select.io web addresses for their trading platforms. They are con consequently more expensive. Both the Mauritian government and exiled uh, Chagossians forcibly removed by the UK from their homes in the early 1970s are challenging British control over .io domain names in the grounds that Britain no longer has a legitimate claim to the Chagos Islands. The legal balance in favor of Mauritian uh, arguments for sovereignty shifted decisively after decisions at the International Court of Justice, the ICJ, the UN General Assembly, and the International Tribunal of the Law of the Sea in um, 2019 and last year. Britain was found to have unlawfully separated the Chagos Islands from Mauritius before uh, granting independence in 1968. The UK uh, defined UN votes and court judgments demanding the return of the islands, addressing that the ICJ ruling was only an adverse adversary opinion. Okay. Legal advice um, drafted in New York for Mauritius uh, and seen by The Guardian shows that the government in Port Louis is considering um, how to enforce its online authority. It comes after an expedition last month to raise its flag over the outer islands in the archipelago. Mauritius' strategic uh, objectives are to end the use of IO domain name by the United Kingdom or any um, entity uh, acting on its behalf to the secure or to secure for the government of Mauritius revenues generated by the further use of the .io domain name. Okay, Ayana lists. LTD company allocates the country code for .io um, domain names. The firm also controls uh, sales of .ac domain names. And I lost it. Okay. Related to part of another British overseas territory, the Ascension Islands. The IANA website records ICB addresses. Okay. The firm was sold in 2017, uh, reportedly for 70 million, 
or 53 million euros. Um, it has been bought again since then. The previous owner of ICB said in 2014 that the profits from selling.io domain names are distributed to the British authorities. According to the Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office, however, neither BIOT nor the UK government uh, benefit from the sales of .io domain names, the spokesperson said the UK has no doubt as to our sovereignty for the British Indian Ocean Territory, which have held um, continuously since 1814. Mauritius has never held sovereignty over the territory and the UK does not recognize its claim. Uh, Jagdish Kunjil, a Marchurian um, ambassador in the UN, let's see, uh, said his government had con contacted ICB through the Diego Garcia address uh, asking them to deal in future with the Mauritian government. We have written to uh, sure in Diego Garcia that they have only had they have only said they are looking at it. Okay. Um, in a separate initiative, lawyers for the Chagos refugees group have also uh, lodged a complaint about British control over the .io domain name with the OC, no, OECD um, Organization of, uh, for Economic Cooperation and Development. The ICB uh, and its parent company were approached for comment. We have a small favor to ask, since the millions have placed their trust in the Okay, no. I don't want to advertise The Guardian. Is that it? It is. It's it. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. I will see you guys in the trenches next time. Bye-bye!